0: daily feasting on the words of Christ where I help my goal is to help disciples of Jesus Christ to engage with the Book of Mormon on a more deeper and personal level and today we're doing pages 319 to 324 continuing on with the war chapters and Captain Moroni how um, these battles can relate to our own spiritual battles every single day how we can Learn about the tactics of Satan and fight against them. So we left off with Moroni talking to the armies of the Lamanites and uh, saying that if they will make a covenant to never come to war again, that they would let them go in peace. Otherwise, they would slay them all. Zarahemna says, Nah, I will. Let's... We know we're gonna break that oath as soon as like we make it. That never have we not stopped. Like we've never stopped fighting the knee fights. Is what I'm trying to say. Ooh, English. They've always, the Lamanites have always gone to work in some That's something that they've always done. And Zarahemna's like, why should we make a covenant in which we know we're going to break? We, we've always done this. See, that, that's Satan. He says, you've always been this way. Why do you think you can change? And so is like, we can't change. It's, it's always going to be this way. There's always going to be a war. Well, Moron, and then Zerahimna says something very interesting. He says that we don't think it's because of your faith in God that you've been delivered from us. We think it's because you have armor that you are winning against us. And I think Satan uses that tactic against us where he tries to get us to think that, oh, it wasn't our faith in God that saved us. It wasn't, that wasn't a miracle. That was just a coincidence Oh, that just happened. Oh, you're you're just probably better than that other person. And that's why you won. You know, that's why you didn't fall into sin and temptation. You're just better. You're just stronger. It wasn't God who saved you. That's Satan. He wants us to think that God doesn't have a role in our lives. He wants us to think that we've done it all ourselves and to forget, to acknowledge the Savior and His power in our lives. And that's where the danger is, because as soon as we say we no longer need God, that's when we become vulnerable to Satan and his attacks. That's, that's when Satan can get us, is when we decide, oh yeah, it was just me. It was just my armor. I'm just better than everybody else. That's a dangerous place to be in when it comes to spiritual battles. And so, I, I, I just found that really interesting and I wanted to point that out. And so, the Zerhamnon doesn't make the covenant at first. And in fact, he tries to attack Moroni. But he's stopped by one of the soldiers who scalps him. And says that just as the scalp has fallen to the earth, so shall all the Lamanites be destroyed and fall to the earth. Well, there's a bunch of Lamanites that after seeing that scalp, they're like, okay, yeah, we'll make a covenant. They make a covenant and they depart in peace. The rest of the Lamanites stay and they start to fight against the Nephites. But just as the soldier had prophesied, they begin to be destroyed. And seeing this, the rest of the Lamanites become scared and they make a covenant of peace. And so they all depart, and that's how Moroni wins the war and establishes peace in the land once again. And when the Nephites see that they've won the war, they rejoice and they praise God. And they thank him for his support and for his strength in their lives. And that they were able to Preserve their liberty and their family and their lands. That they were able to make it out safe. You know, when we win our spiritual battles, it's important to turn to God and to thank him for the miracle that he had performed. In saving us, in preserving our liberty and our lands and our family. Against Satan and his attacks. Every good thing we have is from God. Well, after this, we get a little insert of Alma's prophecy about the Nephites actually being destroyed. Granted, this is like going to be 400 years after the coming of Christ. So they've got like, I don't know, 100 years until that point. And then they got 400 more years before destruction. So it's about 500 years away and Alma's prophesying that the Nephites are going to be destroyed because they're going to fall into iniquity. And he has his son Helaman write it down, and he tells him that he's not allowed to share this with anyone until it's come to pass. So, basically, the only people who's read this prophecy is Mormon, Moroni, and us. We see that... You know, if you're familiar with the Book of Mormon, you know that that prophecy is fulfilled and that the people are, are going to be destroyed because of iniquity. And then Alma blesses his sons, he blesses the land to those who are righteous, and then he dies air quotes. They're not actually sure what happened to Alma. They don't know of his death. They don't know of his burial. They think that God just took him up into heaven. And after that happens, Helaman and his brothers and a bunch of other people go and they start teaching the people because the people have become prideful again. And they had just recently won a war, and they acknowledge God as being the source of this victory. And as Helaman and his brothers go out preaching, there's a bunch of people that harden their hearts and become prideful and lifted up in their eyes and thinking, no, that, that, that it wasn't God that saved them, it was themselves. Or it was their armor, whatever it was, they start becoming prideful even Mormon inserts his thoughts here and he says, Thus we see how quick the children of men do forget the Lord their God, yea, how quick to do iniquity and to be led away by the evil one. You know, we as fallen people are quick to do iniquity. That is why the natural man is an enemy to God. And that is why we must Plead to Christ and seek for His mercy and His power in our lives to change our nature so that we are no longer quick to do iniquity but instead have no more desire to do evil but to do good continually. Our natures must be changed. Or, in other words, we must be converted and continue in this conversion. It's not a one time event, it is a lifelong process, a lifelong journey becoming a natural man to a saint. And it is not an easy journey, and it's a long and it's a hard journey. But if we do not make the effort in this journey, then we are going to be quick to do iniquity again and again and again. Just like these Nephites. They, the, the Lord had just Saved them from destruction and bondage, and yet they forget. And there is one man who wants to be a king, and he's convinced a bunch of others that he should be king, which would ultimately destroy their liberty. And Mormon also says, Yay, and we also see the great wickedness one very wicked man can cause to take place among the children of men. This man had lots of influence and influenced a lot of good people to make bad choices. You know, and I've been thinking a lot about influence lately. I don't think there's ever a day that goes by where we are not influenced by someone or something. Influence is constantly around us. And we are constantly influencing others for good or for bad. All the time. It's not something you can just stop. It's not something you can just ignore and it'll go away. It's always there. Influence is a constant and like the air we breathe. You know, the types of things we see on our phones, the types of things we talk about with people, the types of things we see on billboards and movies, and, and um, you know, the way that the kind of people we associate with and what they fill their minds with, with books and movies and media, like what they consume can influence them, and that influence can influence us. Influence is a change reaction, and it can go for good or for bad. And you can either help people come closer to Christ or help them walk away from the Savior and his atoning grace. And this man who wants to be a king, Amalickiah, is a wicked man because he wants to destroy people's agency. He wants to become king. And it's his desire for power and that's how he's convinced others to follow him is their desire for power has overcome their desire for good. Anytime we desire something else other than God and his goodness, it is wicked. Right? If we don't desire the things of the kingdom of God, then we are not on God's side. And everything else will lead to destruction and to ruin. And this causes like, I mean, this is, I've been thinking a lot about this because I have noticed how much I have been influenced, especially this past year, how much I've changed due to the classes I've taken due to the books I've been reading, the podcasts I've been listening to, the movies I've been watching, the media I've been consuming, the things I've been talking and thinking about, the people that I've associated with and become friends with and that I listen to and that I've trusted. All these things have influenced and changed me. And I think it's for the good. I think it's for the better because I love where this process is taking me. I love the journey so far. And so I think that's a good sign because <laughs> I feel like I've come, I'm coming closer to Christ in this journey. And I'm so incredibly grateful for those influences in my life because they've allowed me to change for the better. But it's also helped me to recognize that there are a lot of influences for Brad out there and that I need to be extremely careful about the influences I allow into my life because of how much they can cause us to change. Especially those with whom we associate with. If I associate with people who don't desire the things of God and his righteousness, that will influence me. if I want to stay close to God, then I need to be very like limited in the amount of time that I hang out with those kinds of people dependent on the amount of influence that they have. I, it, it may be that I cannot speak to those people because their influence is not for good. It doesn't mean that. I should be rude or mean or anything. I can still be kind and have charity towards that person without hanging around them. You know, if I don't want to hang around anybody who influences me for evil. No. It's not what I want. I want to be near God and so I want to surround my life with people and with things that will help me come closer to my savior well Moroni Captain Moroni sees all this he sees the dissension of the Nephites and their pride and he is angry this makes him very upset that there's people that you know they just won a war and now they forgot that God helped them win that war. And now they want a king to destroy their liberty. That's what the Lamanites wanted. Like He's angry because the people have forgotten so fast. And so he rips his coat. He writes the title of liberty, which is basically his reasons why that they're fighting. If you remember from yesterday's episode. He says, In memory of our God, our religion and freedom, and our peace, our wives and our children. This is what they're fighting for. This is what matters most to Moroni and to the Christians. And Moroni goes and he asks everyone else, will you join me? And they rip their garments in token and they put on their armor and they make a covenant that as long as there's righteous people on the earth, they will fight for liberty. They will fight for their families and they will fight for their land. They'll fight for their God. They will go to war To preserve that which is most precious to them. And I think this is what gives them the strength to fight against evil. Knowing that they have something to fight for, a cause greater than themselves. That they are fighting for their God and their religion and their family to protect them and preserve them so that they can live the kind of life that they want to live. This is why our reasons for fighting are so important. What is your title of liberty? What are you fighting for? Why do you fight against evil every single day? Why do you fight to be on God's side? Because it is a fight. If you don't think it's a fight, think again. And I say that with fervor because I didn't realize how much of a fight it is every single day. And that's kind of the subtlety of Satan. Satan is subtle. He doesn't want you to think that there's a fight. But there is. It's a struggle. It's a battle. Because Satan will try to persuade us to not help other people. Or he'll get us to be complacent or lazy or apathetic. Or just not care. Or just not want to do anything. Or, you know, like... It's little things. He's very subtle. He's not going to go out and get you to break the commandments right away. It's going to be little things like, Oh, you're too tired to pray. Or, "Eh." you know, we'll just read the Book of Mormon and then forget about it. Or, we won't even read it at all. Or, too tired to go to church at Zoom. Why not just sleep through? No one will know that I missed anyway. Like, it's those subtle things. And... God is fighting every day to help you. He has sent you the Spirit to be a constant companion if you have been a baptized member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. You have a weapon in your hands to use to fight against Satan and his lies. Again, I say this with fervor because I didn't realize this was a battle. I didn't realize what kind of a war we were in. And if you still don't think we're in a war, I suggest you read Armed with Righteousness by Stephen A. Kramer and start listening to the Eternal Warrior podcast. Because we are in war, my friends. The war started in heaven before the earth was created. And Satan never stopped. Just like the Lamanites have never stopped hating the Nephites. There has always been at least a portion that has always hated the Nephites and have always gone to battle. They have never stopped and will never stop. Satan will never stop. He hates you with a fiery burning passion and wants you to be just as miserable as as he is. And he hates you because you chose to be on God's side. And if you chose to be on God's side, then you were fighting against him. He hates you and everything you stand for because you are good. And what you stand for is good. My friends, we are in a battle every single day. Recognize that and recognize the reasons why you fight. If you don't, if you didn't realize we were in a battle, my first suggestion to you would be figure out if what I'm saying is true. Figure out if there really is a battle going on. Once you figured out there is a battle, I suggest you figure out why you're fighting this battle. Because war is upon you, whether you seek it or not. And so decide how you're going to fight, who you're going to fight for, what you're going to fight for. Learn a title of liberty like Moroni. And renew your covenants with God. Don't be ashamed to fight for what's right and what's good in your life. I'm going to leave it there today. You know my spiel. Write down your impressions, act on them, share this podcast with people, rate, review, send me your insights, blah, 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 blah. You know how it goes. <laughs> And I hope you win your battles today. May God be with you, as I know he will be every step of the way. I guess more appropriate would be say, I hope you bring God with you today. Ask for his help in your battles. Pray to him and tell him what you struggle with, even if it's, you know, Even if you feel like you really don't want to fight today, tell Him that too. Be open and honest with God about everything and anything. And ask Him for help in fighting your battles. And He will help you. God is a God of miracles. If you don't think you can win your battles, think again. Because with God, all things are possible. For nothing is impossible with God and you can do all things through Christ with strength and with you. He is thy shield and exceeding great reward. God is with you, my friends, if you're willing to be with him. So have a good day. Go fight your battles and win. And I'll talk to you later.